This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Super Thursday. I've got it right. It's not Super Tuesday. Well, more to the point, Super Tuesday is now. Now. Super Tuesday is now. Super Tuesday is tonight. Super Tuesday is the debate. Because if you don't change your fate tonight, then Super Tuesday doesn't really matter, does it? Who needs to do what to change their fate tonight? That's the question. You're the answer. Excelsior. Welcome back. Thank you for the job. My partners, my broadcast family, my friends. I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network. one 3393 I hope you will call that number as you may be inclined. one 3393 Tonight is Super Tuesday. This is Super Thursday. Without tonight, Tuesday doesn't much matter to some people. Who will those some people be? We'll talk today about where we are, but we have all of tomorrow to do that. And of course, the, you know, what, Monday? And that's about it. Super Tuesday is Tuesday, but that debate tonight, baby, That is where it's at, as the television commercials in 1971 might have said. The new Dodge is where it's at. Well, this debate is where it's at. And if it seems, I mentioned yesterday, if it seems as though I characterize each one as more important than the one preceding it, they are. That's how it works. That's why they are more important than the ones previous. And tonight is it. Tonight is the most important televised debate 
presidential debate in the history of electronic presidential debates. This is the most important. Now, history may later prove it otherwise. That's like saying someone is leading the home run race and, you know, it's only two weeks after the All-Star break. So we don't know what will happen by the end of the season. But right now, the most important political event uh, so far in this presidential campaign on the Republican side, why do I sound like Bernie Sanders and it's only 3 o'clock? I mean, I've got you know, to do this until midnight, and I, it's not a good sign. But my brain is intact as, as ever. Now, there is a caveat, you know, as ever. Not more so, but I don't think less so. Yes, we have a special show tonight, The Blaze After Dark. Join us immediately upon the conclusion of the debate. I believe it is CNN covering, uh, carrying the debate. And it is set to go off at 8.30 Eastern. And that means we will be joining. Well, I don't know what time. They always, it's never the exact time that they say. When they say, good night, folks, we will be saying to you, good evening, folks. Welcome back to the Blaze Radio Network. And then we will have for you, you and we and the best post-debate analysis, the best rendering of where we are, of what it meant, of who changed their fate and who did not. I mean, look, if you if you are tired, if you have to go to bed, I understand. But if it interests you or serves you to know a day before anybody else what tonight really means or meant after it's over, you join us, please, on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, he did it. I mean, he did it. It was only you know, yesterday afternoon at this time when I said, got to go out there tomorrow morning. You have to attack Trump prior to the debate. Rock him back on his heels. And he did. Rubio did. Yeah, Rubio attacked uh, Trump this morning, uh, putting him on the defensive a little bit to the degree that Trump can be put on the defensive. Uh, Yep, he did it. Only I wasn't speaking to Rubio yesterday. I was speaking to uh, Ted Cruz. May I call you Ted? I was speaking to Ted. And so far as I know, Ted did not do that. Now, he hasn't been home in a month, slept in his bed last night for the first time in a month. Uh, There are all kinds of things going on, I understand. For those others, and I know it's not everybody, and and, and look, it may not be me. May may I again say, and I don't don't know how this is going over at headquarters, but I, I... and uh, bless them. I've never received any direction or insurrection or there's a line there, but I'm going to leave it alone. Uh, I don't know how this is going down with headquarters or with you, but this might be an appropriate time to remind you. I'm not for 
anybody. I am for the Constitution of the United States. I am not, I don't support men, I support our law. I coincidentally, like traffic on a highway, if you're on a long trip, sometimes you see a car. When we were kids, there'd be other kids in the car, we'd wave, you know, and then an hour and a half later, we'd see the same car. Four hours later, we'd see the same car. We'd say, hey, we saw them before, hey, how are you? So I'm temporarily in the lane, in and out of that lane with those other cars I may or may not see again. But the lane I, the lane I am driving in says the Constitution of the United States of America. That's the lane in which you would have found me anytime you might have been looking well before and I don't think I ever mentioned this, but well before I founded my primary school civics club and newspaper in the sixth grade. Brittany, you ever recall my mentioning that before? Me, me neither. So I'm glad I do now. But that's the lane in which you would have found me, where you will ever find me. So sometimes cars come in that lane. Hey, hey, and then the cars go out of that lane. And cars, meaning candidates and elections, come and go. I stay right in that lane, which I regard as the fast lane. And at least it's constitutionally fast. If I don't drive quite at the clip I used to, the Constitution does, or at least I want it to. So I don't support men. I support laws. I support the Constitution. So technically speaking, I'm not for really anybody. I'm only for someone, frankly, as a matter of convenience, as they may serve the Constitution. Or as a lot of us, as we grow up, understand, the standard becomes, I am for the person who best serves the Constitution of the United States, somehow suddenly becomes, I am for the person who will do the least violence to the Constitution of the United States. And so ultimately, inevitably, that's where we end up. Uh, We're for the person who we believe will do the least violence to the Constitution of the United States. So that's who I'm for, quote-unquote, Right now, that means I'm for Ted Cruz. And I love Ted Cruz, and I admire him, and I'm for him. If tomorrow I thought he believed in something unconstitutional, or I thought someone else was more reliably supportive of the Constitution, I would leave Ted in a New York second. Because I don't believe, I don't support men. I don't support the caprice of men. I support the timeless moral, uh, democratic, uh, quintessential American pillar of the Constitution of the United States. So that means I'm for Ted Cruz. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Jay Severin Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, by the way, I, I, I just saw a surface a retweet on the Academy Awards. The Hollywood's job is to, and I know this is out of nowhere right now, but if I don't mention it when I think of it, that'll be it. It'll be gone. Hollywood's job is to make great films to which I will buy a ticket or to which I will pay willingly an exorbitant extortionate price uh, over my uh, television to watch while it's still in theaters while they haven't done this all my life i don't i mean as soon as the technology was available why they never did this i don't know i mean i i if i've got the money i would pay 50 dollars and you know, invite over some friends, and I'd, I'd spend fifty bucks to watch a movie I'm dying to see. You know, the first week it's in theaters, rather than spend twice as much on cars, gas, sitters, you know, and the ineffable burden of having to go outside my home uh, and be with other human beings. I you know the price is nothing, so I mean it is something. But if I had the fifty bucks, I mean if you're going to go to the movies, you're going to spend fifty bucks. So I mean, you know, unless you go alone with a raincoat on. So why they didn't do this immediately? Who wouldn't spend? And it's not fifty, but you know they're doing it now. Who wouldn't spend fifteen dollars? Fifteen now, one five, fifteen dollars to watch a movie you're dying to see rather than go to the movie theater. Man, I know I would, and do. Anyway, that aside, Hollywood, listen to me. Listen to me. Your job is to make great films. You are not a sociology seminar, nor an anthropology laboratory. I don't care who's in the movies. I care about the movies. I want great films. I buy the tickets. Make me great films. And don't worry about how many uh, hues of skin uh, or how many different kinds of genitalia make up 
the typical Hollywood film. Just make great films and shut up. Charles from Florida, whom I was unable to serve yesterday. I am so glad you're back. Welcome. Thank you, Jay. Um, my question is, um, Obama wants to close Gitmo, and you said that um, the prisoners there, when they are brought over, they can have a fair trial in a civilian court of law, or they can be released due to misconsole or a mistrial, but how can that be if they're categorized as combatants under the Geneva Convention? That doesn't make sense. Well, I can only tell you that so far a number of them have been uh, have been tried and sentenced in under our civilian system of justice. And I can tell you that once they hit American soil, they get the rights of American citizens. You are quite right that if you are an enemy combatant and subject to martial law, uh, that's a different deal. But I, I, I'm virtually certain that we are not out of the woods, and I'm, re- and I'm really angry when I see this uh, you know, on television someplace, and they say when Obama, for instance, the president of the United States, who, who allegedly went to Harvard Law School, it says to me, hey, all the ones here that stood trial, we convicted them, and they're in the lockup. They're behind bars. That's a quote from Obama the other night. Inherent in what he says, though, is what's missing is, suppose we didn't. What happens when we miss the first time? What happens when there's a a trial error, a reversible error in the trial, and somebody walks free? When someone can tell me that they're, I will still object to it on a, I've got a list of a hundred reasons, Charles, why this is a bad uh, unlawful, unconstitutional, stupid idea on Obama's part. But I could cross off number, you know, probably uh, number 52 if someone could guarantee me that there is no possibility of these people being found not guilty. And by virtue of there being, Charles, any kind of trial, uh, martial or civilian, there is obviously, right, a chance that someone's going to be found not guilty or there's going to be a reversible error made in the trial. Otherwise, it's everything that, that the jihadists say about us is true. Otherwise, it's a kangaroo court. I mean, if, there's, if you're telling me there's no possibility that any jihadist could ever be found not guilty or otherwise be freed, then it's a kangaroo court. So since no one is admitting to it being a kangaroo court, it means there's a chance they could either not be convicted or, or uh, an appellate court would free them. And then they'll be on MSNBC as a talk show host the next week and uh, go on a book tour. Hello? I, th- I mean, I, mean I, is that, I do. Is that unreasonable? That seems, Charles, seems, uh, Dr. Carson, after. wake up. Jay, can you All hear right, me Charles, now? Charles, thank you for the call. We're in real time here. Real time. It's live. Live radio. Susan from the cowgirl state. Welcome. 
Good afternoon, Jay. How are you? Susan, I'll tell you how I am. One of the formative, I mean, it's so romantic to speak to you. Uh, I, well, don't slap you. me, at least yet. I'm not going to uh, slap you. I'll say you. it with a, with a lowercase r. One of the formative experiences of my lifetime was between my junior and senior year of college, we bought a wise potato chip truck, which was a GMC step van, a great big old mother of a thing. And we uh, spent the first two weeks of summer outfitting it, uh, racks, gun racks, stuff for water, everything, you know, and we drove it cross country, going wherever we wanted. We broke down in Rock Springs, Wyoming. We oh my met gosh, the arm in a hit. bar. We met in a bar, two brothers, Huey and Barney, who said, You come out, stay at our place if you want. You'll have to work for your food, but we've got a ranch. <laughs> Long story short, we we drove about eighty miles outside of Rock Springs the next day, and we took a uh, right hand turn at a rock that had an X scratched into it. That's how we knew we were at Barney and Huey's place. And then uh, we we rode for a piece, and we came wow. to Barney and Huey's place. And if you'd be kind enough for two reasons, because I want to complete this story, most of which is told, and because you deserve your time, I'm hoping you will hold the line here on the Blaze Radio Network while I continue my psychic connection with the cowgirl state I love. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, partners. Radio family, Blaze Radio Network. Join us tonight. Our special begins the moment the debate ends. And your best analysis anywhere of what it meant, if anything, will be right here on the Blaze Radio Network upon the conclusion of the debate. And I'll tell you, unless unless you're for Trump, unless you're for Trump, it's a debate where something different had better happen because, as I said yesterday and for the last several days, this is it. This is it, baby. Tick-tock. Super Tuesday is tonight. And if you're not winning, you're losing. And if you're losing, you need to be winning. And this is the last event anyone is going to pay any attention to, asterisk, until the vote on Tuesday. And you know what the other thing is? The asterisk is? The only other thing to which people are going to pay attention is either Trump, because he plays the media like a cheap harmonica, and if he wants news, he makes it. Honey, we're out of milk and news. Okay, I'm going to go out and get some. And he does. So the only other thing to which people will be paying attention between tonight and the vote on Tuesday 
is Donald Trump. Unless someone else, someone else learns how to make news by maybe attacking Trump, by maybe attacking Hillary, by maybe doing both, by maybe doing neither, by maybe doing something that gets them some news between now and Tuesday. By the way, uh, well, I don't want to raise it on the air. Uh, I'll wait. I've, 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 tweet, I've tweeted my response to this. Um, so I'll, let, let's let it play out for now. On uh, You'll see it. It's between me and a senior partner of the show. I'll let it play out on Twitter. Uh, J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. All right, so join us tonight. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm for the Constitution, so I'm for Cruz. Uh, however, what I started to say and did not finish is that I'm, I know what my strategy is. I know what my bumper sticker is. It's prevent Democrat. That means I'm going to vote for whomever I can vote in the end to prevent Hillary Clinton or whomever is the Democrat from assuming office. Susan, are you still with us? I am still with you, Jay. Thank you so very much. Let me complete this ridiculous story. Um, we take okay. the right-hand turn, 80 miles out of Rock Springs. We drive for another over no road, really. All there is is jackrabbits, and the jackrabbits the size of golden retrievers and nothing much else. And we drive for, I mean, like almost an hour. And we finally come upon this valley in the foothills and the most beautiful scene one of those beautiful scenes i've ever seen all of a sudden i like i felt like i was in switzerland and there was this unbelievable series of lakes and ponds and all the the the, the main farmhouse and the all the barns and the various outhouses and and by that i mean out houses not necessarily outhouses and and just just you know what you would expect end of story the barney and huey had inherited I believe it was 28,000 acres, a consolidation of their entire family. They were the last two living. They had 28,000 acres handed down from homesteading from their combined families. And they could point to points on the mountain range and say, see that? That's ours. That's ours. Barney, when were you last? Oh, by the way, Barney and Huey were 72 and 66. And... They were riding out to fix fence every day. <laughs> it was the best, one of the best experiences of my life. We stayed there a month. I learned more about horses and and what not to do and what happens when you're on a horse that thinks he's in control and he's right and lightning strikes nearby uh, and to duck your head when he heads for the barn and to avoid chuck holes once lightning strikes. Anyway, I learned more about it was great. I love your state. I love your state. Well, thank Wyoming you. is America. Just, anyway, well, just please so, go ahead. I just, just so you know, avoid Jay, that, that well, and we in in this part of the state would call Rock Springs the armpit. Just really? so you know. Yeah. Oh, I, I neglected and to mention one thing. Like I neglected Buffalo to mention one thing. I forgot Cody. about this. Wait, oh, let, me ta- let me tell you this, yeah. Susan. I, I don't okay. know how I forgot okay. to mention this. The night before we met the older the old brothers in a bar, we were attacked. There was word out that there were hippies 
sleeping in a potato chip truck in the parking lot of the local Uh truck stop. And and, and someone fired uh, one bullet into our truck. And we heard it hit. And then when it was light the next morning, we found the entry point and the exit point of the bullet hole. We weren't good enough to tell what kind it was. Sounded like a handgun, not a long rifle. Hmm. But yeah, I forgot to mention we were shot at, but I still loved it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I know you talked about the clock ticking and how time's running out. And I totally, totally agree with that. But I think that unlike Rubio and kudos to him for talking to his people about Trump and the bad things, finally, I don't think that's going to cut it. I really think it has to be on national stage and it cannot be liar, liar, pants on fire. It can't be Donald Trump, (laughs) a flip flopper. Here's what I think, because I'm on social media and I deal with these Trump, what I call Trumpettes all day long and they will fight back until you start asking them how how was donald trump going to get mexico to build that wall how is he going to balance the trade deficit how is he going to pay for universal health care how are we going to clean up the va how is he different from a politician when he goes out there and says well those donations were just were just me buying favors from them okay because so far he's getting away with saying i'm just i'm just gonna that's all Right. And he has no substance. And I've been to his website many times, and there's really not any substance there. His tax plan, I've looked at, and I've compared it to everybody else's. And I will tell you that for me, and I make, and well, let's just say I make under 40000 I get the most of my money from Senator Cruz because I'm married and I have to calculate my husband's in also. But because of the fact I didn't see on Donald Trump's any any exemption for charitable donations. Uh, ben Carson doesn't let you use your your mortgage interest as a deduction. I mean, there's just several things. If I had six kids, it would definitely be Marco Rubio. But overall, Ted Cruz wins from his tax plan. And I just wish he had more time to explain that. Anyways, but how I think they should go at this is just start asking him how. I think that because he can't answer it, because he just shoots from the hip, like how... How is it that you want to enforce all these rules on China, but your clothing line is is made there? How how mm. how is that? I mean, just the things like that. Okay, you're going to be so great at all this, yet Trump Airlines failed. Your casino, your daddy bought three million dollars in chips, yet he only got five thousand dollars in <laughs> chips for. Um, is that racketeering? Last time I checked, anyways. But, and I wouldn't well, you're right about like you're right about a couple of things and things and, like that. But and the, the, the element I would add to it, if I may, Susan, is so okay. long as it's something that you think the press will follow up on at this late date, it has to be something that works not just on stage tonight at the debate, although it must work there, but it must be the kind of thing that has a life beyond tonight. A pulse beyond tonight. It must be the kind of thing that your failure or refusal to answer will right, and that's why I think if they ask him how, that's going to get him. Well, I want. I'm not sure that's that's true, but if it's true, that would make the ideal tactic because you need something that once it's out of your hands at 10:30 tonight, it's going to be out of, in this case, Ted Cruz's hands, and it's going to be in the hands of the media, and if they. If there's something they can legitimately bug him with, you know, hound him with, 
that you can hand him that you can hand them, then that's great. I would agree. One of the things also, just as a sidebar to mention, his victory speech in Nevada, I found very disturbing because of one line when he was saying, I love Nevada. Can I guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? What? Yes. We love the, we love the poorly educated. Yes. And he said it twice. Did you, did you, he said he loved the uneducated and he said it twice. And I was like, yes, I'm sure you do. Because I beg people all day long to just Google his name and read half the articles that come up. Get to know. Your I, t- I tweeted please. it when he said, we love the poorly educated. I oh, said, understandable. It's gosh. your base. Yeah. Yes, it is. And it's just <laughs> scary. It just scares me, Jay, that there's so, all right, many so you're for Ted. that they don't want to hear we, the truth. Susan, I have to break. Yeah. In general terms, you've okay. told me. Well, you know, you've told me in fairly specific terms. Anything else you think Ted needs to do tonight to help get the dynamic of this campaign on different rails between now and Tuesday? I just think that, okay, let me go back to the last debate. All right. when no, they no, have that, that your intro means I've got a hold. We've got to hold because I have to break. Okay. Stay there. We'll be right back. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393. Gearing up for our next hour of the show, this next segment of the show, and our special show, which happens this evening, immediately following the conclusion of the debate. We will know better than anyone, you and I, what it meant, if anything, and it had better if you're for someone other than Trump. Uh, and I'm not saying you ought to be for someone other than Trump, although clearly, like some other people on the radio and elsewhere, I I I, I feel that there is a, a superior candidate available, superior to Trump, who would clearly be a superior president, reliably so, and that's Ted Cruz. I've never made any secret about it, but. It's getting late, awfully early around here, if you know what I mean. Toby from Ohio, welcome back, I think. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I really like to uh, jump back on to um, quickly about uh, the Guantanamo Bay. I honestly believe he is closing Guantanamo Bay because he is planning on turning Guantanamo Bay and the entire part of Cuba over to the Castro brothers as like his closing president present to them in the few days of his presidency. It's a great, it's a great surmise. Um, I have it in my notes. You'll just have to trust me. I know he's going there uh, in, in, in just, just a few days short of a month from now, he will be yeah. in Cuba. And I wondered why is he doing this? Cause he knows it. He knows it can't pass. It can't mm-hmm. happen. So why is he doing it? And I wondered if, if he's, this is, the beginning of his, you know, stockpiling of things th- for his legacy. 
that he's going uh-huh. to use a series of executive orders. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think he's probably contemplating executive order to install a new member of the United States Supreme Court. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't in put the it last past two him weeks, trying. I'm in the sorry. last two weeks of his presidency, uh, the Congress is officially at recess in the last two weeks of his presidency. Yeah, he could do a recess appointment. Of course, that's good only for the time of recess. But I, I, I don't doubt that he might try something on a permanent basis sooner with executive order and dare the Supreme Court uh, to, on an emergency basis, to, you know, to try and stop him. Um, wow. And And that I think your, your surmise for Cuba is a great one, too. This is not going to happen, but he would yeah. love to be able to hand it over by executive order to the Castros, wouldn't he? Yeah, and one more quick thing. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, bother you too much. Uh, the other thing I think uh, no Ben Shapiro so, no had a, <laughs> Ben Shapiro had a great comment. What he thought Ted Cruz should do at the debate. I think that Ted Cruz it, it should be something that should be almost spontaneous. He was talking to his supporters. He was talking to his father, and he realized this country is worth fighting for. And you know he should do that kick in the groin. Thing that Ben Shapiro suggested on the debate stage, and I think he should continue it from from that day on out. Just every time he walks out, you 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 feel the passion pouring out of every orifice. You know, you think that he's about to levitate. At, you know, the old like the old fire breathers that you think <laughs> that he's going to breathe fire, and you're going to feel it, and the little hairs on the back of your head going to stand up. That kind of thing. You know, Toby, I. Just, I, I uh... I appreciate the contribution and the call, and uh, let me comment quickly on it. I, I think that that is, uh, Ben Shapiro, I take it, is the older fellow who's the economist and the speechwriter in the comic. Uh, great guy. Anyway, uh, I think it's important to show Trump that you will attack him and trade punch for punch with him, and I think that ought to start tonight. But I don't think that's the primary way you win back front runnership in this nomination process. You do that by making news, by killing Hillary, politically speaking, every day, hammering her every day. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The drama is thick, best and brightest. Super Tuesday ain't Tuesday. Super Tuesday is tonight. The debate. Veritas. Welcome back, partners, friends, countrymen, my radio family. Tonight is it, more or less. I mean, because Tuesday is it, more or less. Not for sure, but, but getting there. And Tuesday is going to swing, or not, differently, or not, depending on what happens tonight. 
The debate tonight, immediately upon the conclusion of which, we will be joining you with a Blaze After Dark debate special. Please, please do join us. Tonight, the drama is so thick, it is so predictable, that it is utterly unpredictable. And what I mean by that is, everybody knows, (laughs) you know, do, do you think Trump doesn't know that every other candidate has to savage him tonight? I mean, not every other candidate, but... Let's talk about the real race, you know, Trump, Rubio, Cruz. You think Donald Trump doesn't, and these are rhetorical, I know you know. What do you think? You think Trump doesn't know that they have to savage him and that they're after one thing only, and that is to provoke some kind of response out of Trump. The best thing, the best fat lip you could ever have is that if you're Ted Cruz, and you managed to provoke Donald Trump tonight to cross, the, to rip off his microphone, stride down the stage, and punch you in the face. That would be the best punch ever worth taking. And by the way, I don't know if it in any other year that would mean that guys in white coats uh, would come out and put Donald Trump in a white coat, in a white blazer, where the arms go in the back where it buckles in the back. But in any other year, that would be true. This year, he'd probably go up eight points, you know, immediately after the debate. He knows they have to attack him. And I'll tell you who else knows this. Cruz is going to be attacked. Rubio is going to be attacked. Trump, Cruz, and Rubio are going to attack each other. Trump may be not doing a lot of attacking, though I don't think he can help it, right? But he... My advice for Trump is sit back, keep the ball on the ground. Don't put the ball on the ground. No fumbles. Hang on to the ball. Run the ball only. Don't put the ball up at all. And let Cruz and Trump, I'm sorry, Cruz and Rubio try to kill each other. By the way, when I say kill, and I said before, you know, you got to kill Hillary every day. And I said metaphorically, politically, I mean hammer her. When I kill here is a, you know, it's a term, a political term. Kill him. Go out there and kill him. I don't mean, you know, it's probably inappropriate. I shouldn't say kill. I should say hammer. And so I'm sorry. Hammer. Hammer. Hammer the other guy. Maya, welcome back. Hi. How you doing? Okay, um, What's up? Here we go. I'm sorry. Indeed. Ah. So here we go. Um, everyone's trying to figure out who Trump is from a psychological point of view. I'd like to offer uh, one from a literary point of view, if I may. Sure. Um, I'd like to ask you, what do Bugs Bunny, the Cat in the Hat, Pepe Le Pew, <laughs> and Loki have in common? I don't know Loki, but could I add someone to your list? Yes, please. Uriah Heep from Dickens. But Thank anyway, you. go ahead. You, you got it. So we're talking really about the trickster. Remember the trickster? I don't know. Was that Superman? Uh, uh, no, actually, uh, Superman would be a form of it, but the little elf that would come around, Mikkelpochek, whatever that weird name was, 
uh, oh, Mr. Mr. Milta plick, plick, plicks, like a like yeah. a Czechoslovakian hockey player, a, a surname yeah. of all consonants. Okay, yes. He's the trickster. <laughs> Tricksters are. You, are you getting it? Well, yeah, but what's Tricks- your no? Yeah, yes. Question: What's your advice? Well, basically, I have to tell you who they are. They're uh, tricksters in literature are people who are very smart. They're shapeshifters. They warp reality. Uh, uh, They're invincible. And for the most part, they're people who have one intent, or they're they're demigods with one one intent. And that's to hump, exactly, and humble the self-important. They love sugar, and they consume calories, crazy-like, but the way to kill a trickster is to, uh, 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 I don't want to use the wrong word, is to stab it with a stake that's been dipped in the blood of one of its victims. And that's what Ted has got to do. He has got to find out who Trump is. Where are the skeletons? Everybody's been pointing at the media's attempt yeah, to yeah, pull yeah. out skeletons. No, you're absolutely right. And I and if, if you'll forgive me, I this mm-hmm. is something I talked about yesterday. And, and I uh-huh. didn't say it in these terms, but it took you to focus it for me. It's very Spartan in a way. It's like the Greeks. You know, it's an ancient battle. Mm-hmm. You've got to find the <clears throat> you've got to find the soft spot in their armor. Right. That's right. You've got to That's find right. Achilles' heel. That's now, right. somewhere there exists on Trump an Achilles' heel, and Either I don't him know what or his it, dad I don't, or his family. I I don't know what it is, but there is an Achilles' heel. The question is, he's not normal, and so even if you identify the Achilles' heel, and even if you can fire your arrow with such skill that it strikes his heel and he flips out will it matter if trump and i meant what i i mean i was kidding but i really wasn't kidding maya if trump flipped out tonight if ted cruz managed to get under his skin enough that trump mm-hmm. would stride down the stage and punch ted cruz in the mouth or hit him with the microphone inside of the head you know assault him uh, you mm-hmm. know in any other time and place in the universe that would be the end. The guys in the butterfly nets would, you know, with the butterfly nets would come out chasing Trump down the down the stage. But mm-hmm. I think this year he'd probably go up six points. Without, I hear you, and 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 we've seen it happen on a smaller scale. But right now it's going to be between Cruz and Rubio to make the decision. Someone is going to have to sacrifice in this. Someone is probably well, yeah, going to well, have to out Trump, and that's the question. That's the question. I mean, and that's the mm-hmm. question. I mean, I mean, yeah, if, yeah. if the only way the, 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 the arithmetic tells us that that Trump is below fifty percent, which is a hell of a weakness to have, uh, believe me. But he's 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 just under fifty percent, which means in theory, you know, you can put together a coalition of fifty percent plus one against him. But of course, that ignores Maya as well. You know that 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 assumes the the absurd, which is if either Rubio or Cruz were to drop out, all of their votes would go 
to each other. Two. You know, that Cruz would inherit 100% of Rubio's votes or vice versa. You know Trump would get 20, 25, 30% of the votes of either Rubio or Cruz at this point. So mm-hmm. one of them drops out. Everyone's saying it's very simple, apparently, if you listen you know, to the media. All they have to do is one of them drops out. They could take Trump on. Uh, you know, man to man. Well, yeah. And the minute you, well, somebody drops out now, all of a sudden he's over 60 percent. No, not drop out. I, I wouldn't want them to drop out because there's an interesting battle between these two men. That These two men, Cruz and Rubio, are going to be the redefining of the Republican Party. So they can't leave. But when I say sacrifice, I mean between one or both of them, they're going to have to go all out take the hit and hopefully trust that the other will uh, lift him up. Okay. Rubio kicks the daylights. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're you're right. I'm just, I'm shaking my head, Maya, because I'm old enough to remember. uh, I thought a great man and I don't think he's dead, but I just, I mean, he's politically dead maybe, but I, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, United States Senator Phil Graham of Texas. I met him and I was taken at once with, he was the head of the senatorial committee. I had to bring my clients, my Senate clients before him to sort of audition. And I was so impressed with Phil Graham and I was so delighted when he entered the presidential race. And I said to myself, man, this guy's got it. Man, this guy's got it. And I'm so excited, really, for the first time in my adult life. And I was only 25, you know. I could be really mm-hmm. excited. You know, uh, Phil Graham got one delegate. I, right. I just, I don't know what's going to happen. But I have a feeling, as Warren tweeted a little while ago, you know, I think he tweeted the epitaph for uh, what I fear is going to be the epitaph for Ted Cruz. Uh, would have been unbelievably great president of the United States, except he was a lousy candidate. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, and and I have a feeling that a lot of good people have been lost with that particular epitaph, not just in politics. So I don't know. Hold, hold, we'll be right back. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Super Tuesday is tonight. The debate, CNN 8:30. Our special show starts immediately upon the conclusion of tonight's debate. Tonight's debate will change the dynamic of this race, or it won't. Jacob from Florida, welcome. Hey Jay, thanks for taking my call. Jacob, my pleasure. Thanks for your patience. Yeah, um, man, I'm in the mood to call everybody out today. Um, let me just say, this this fight is more than just the candidates' fight. This is all of our fight. And so I wanted to say, you know, we we always say we want a strong conservative, somebody that's going to be able to take the heat and is going to stand on principle and will go down fighting if they have to. 
And if we're not willing to do that, we don't deserve that candidate. So as far as I, far I as agree, that includes, that I don't know what people, on. anybody who's been waiting for a conservative to be able to uh, show up and be a viable candidate, just viable candidate in a general election, uh, and and doesn't like Ted Cruz. I don't know what I don't know what you're waiting for. <laughs> right. I mean, so, I, you know, look, we, some people don't want conservative. They want something else. Fine. God bless you. Right. But if what you've been waiting for or what you think you want is someone who believes in the Constitution and is willing to piss everybody else like every, you know, all his all the fellow senators, everyone in Congress, he doesn't care other than us. He doesn't care who in the power structure he offends because he's all about the Constitution and has a lifetime body of evidence to support that claim. If we're going to ignore that, when do you think you're going to get your next one? Absolutely. So, you know, the heat turns up. Let's stop crying in our Cheerios about the heat that's on and uh, stop looking at over at the other guy already without going down on principle. As far as Ted Cruz, though, I'm going to call out my guy, Ted Cruz, as well. He's got a line that every one of us knows, which is that you cannot defeat radical Islamic terrorism if you're not willing to call it by its name. And Ted Cruz, you're not going to defeat a, a bloviating clown or a backstabbing, uh, you know, fast talker, and you can decide who those two candidates are unless you're willing to call them what they are. And uh, now That's I understand. I understand it's not really going to come out that way, but it needs to be interpreted that way in every ear that hears it. That's uh, a great so much point. Of this, so much of this electorate, electorate, electorate wants blood right now, and he's going to have to draw blood if he's going to get anywhere in this or he's going down. Uh, I, I, hope, I hope that sounds a lot like what I was saying yesterday when I gave Absolutely. him you know, my unsolicited advice. But but hearing it from you and hearing it in a different and 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 more evolved form um i i couldn't agree with you more I, and i just don't know if it's in him i just don't know if it's in him i sometimes you know i mean i've been to this rodeo i you know i've seen guys slide into third base since i was 22 or 3 years old this is what i've been doing for a living and I don't mean this radio, I mean running campaigns. And I've seen the same guy slide into third base so many times. And when you get someone you think is special and 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 you just say he could do everything, but he can't hit the curveball. Or he could do everything, but he can't throw someone out at second base or whatever it is. You know, and I just, I, I don't know if Ted can, he's a genius. I mean, he's a, he's brilliant. I love him, but... I don't know if he has it in him, Jacob, to do the, at least the minimum blood work that's required <laughs> tonight, you know, and then well, to follow it up tonight in all of the shows he does. And tomorrow, he's not accustomed to that. He doesn't do wet work, as we say in the agency. Well, he's going to have to become a field agent. He's going to have to start stabbing people tonight. Well, if this man's been in the courtroom, he knows how to act, and I'm hoping he pulls it off tonight. But your analysis has been dead on. You called it from day one. Trump's Achilles heel is losing. And uh, give credit to Jeb. He was the only one that was able to reveal that. When he starts losing, i.e., 
he can't handle insults. That's his weakness, and he needs to be. He needs to uh, end up in the same position he ended up in that debate before South Carolina, where he looked like a big baby that was had his feelings hurt. Uh, he needs to be called out. He needs to throw that temper tantrum, and the tweets need to fly, and the news needs to fly, and Cruz's face needs to be on the news. I have two thoughts based entirely derivative of what you have uh, astutely said. One is maybe. Ted's first line tonight ought to be, Donald, you are a big baby Huey bloviating <laughs> fool, and I'm not, you know, we're not going to take it anymore. This is the presidency of the United States. This ain't, you know, this ain't Atlantic City. This is all of our oh, cities. This is, you know, and <clears throat> and see if that doesn't, that truth telling doesn't provoke him. The other one, and this is softer but but i think important maybe there's a chance to run to daylight maybe rubio is set to go after trump tonight maybe if trump and rubio because i believe that most importantly what cruz can do is appear to be the guy running against hillary run for the office you want run against the candidate you want to run against run as if you are the nominee is what i've always told my clients and as I said yesterday, run against Hillary. You know, tonight Absolutely. go into that debate with ten vile things about Hillary, politically speaking, that people hate. Go in there with the ten things they hate most about Hillary and hammer her mercilessly, harder than anyone ever has. Make news. Make the headline, Cruz destroys Clinton, and make news with it. Maybe if you're lucky, Rubio and Trump will be too busy punching each other and hitting each other with beer bottles, and maybe you can run to daylight. I don't know. Absolutely. Well, he'll have to pull that. You know, that'll that'll come out as the debate progresses. He'll have to see where that goes. Jacob, thank you so much. Gonna... Good thoughts. You're right. I, I, I really am I'm caught here. And, you know, and I feel a little badly about being partisan. I know that there are a lot of us who are not for Cruz, so... I, you know, I try to be sensitive to that, but uh, you know, I would never hide from you how I really feel. So we're going to see, and tonight is it. Super Tuesday is tonight. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network, partners, the latest attack on Donald Trump is, seems to me, pretty lame, uh, unless it turns out not to be. And that's, that's the way it is in politics. You know, that's really a lame idea. Oh, it worked. That was a great idea. I was always for it. Okay. Well, the latest attack on Donald, the latest effort by the establishment of the Republican Party to bring down Donald Trump is the attack via Mitt Romney that Trump is hiding something by not releasing his taxes. Now, let's assume that the charge is true. Let's assume that Trump is endeavoring to hide something 
by not releasing his taxes. We're not talking about this year's taxes. We're talking about taxes already filed. So all he has to do to, to release them, you know, I mean, no BS one way or the other. If Donald Trump wants you to see those tax returns, he picks up the phone and says to his accountant, you know, give me one copy of my tax returns from last year and messenger them over to, or, you know, whatever, send them over to the New York times. So let's assume that, that mid is right. And Trump is trying to hide something. What do you think he's trying to hide that would hurt him? I mean, think freely. Is Trump running a South American drug business? If so, you think that would knock him out of the race? Let's say that Trump is running the biggest hooker ring in New York with his laundered money. You think he couldn't say, I knew nothing about this? I mean, you know, I, I knew nothing about this. It's I. You think that would knock him out of the race? I'm just curious what it is we think could be or not be in Donald Trump's tax returns that would knock him out of the race or cripple him in this race. Mitt seems to think that would include the fact that he's not as rich as he says. <clears throat> okay, do you think the people who vote for Donald Trump would hate him and stop voting for him if he weren't 10 million times richer than they are? If he were only 2 million times richer than we are, would that knock him out of the race? Okay, what else? He hasn't been giving to charity as much as he claims. Well, that, that would do it. That's it. That's a killer. That would knock him out of the race, right? No, I'm just wondering what it is that could be in there. Help me. Help me. I don't know. What could be in there that changes the dynamic of this race? By the way, uh, good news, bad news, bad news. This morning, the Dallas Morning News, and this is totally unsurprising if you're in the business, the Dallas Morning News endorsed, you know whom? They endorsed John Kasich. The Dallas Morning News endorsed John Kasich. Utterly unsurprising, but of course, it hurts because it's going to be Shocking to people who don't know the media business and they don't realize the Dallas Morning News is a rag like the Washington Post or the L.A. Times or the Chicago Trib. And it's just it's typical that they would do this. Oh, more evidence today. The Boston Globe. Editorial writes the Republicans must stop Trump. I had no idea the Boston Globe cared so much. Did you? I had no idea the Boston Globe was so concerned with giving us sound advice as to how we kick their ass. See, the Boston Globe really wants us to know how to kick the asses of the candidates the Globe endorses, i.e. all communists. So the Globe is really looking out for us. I didn't know this. I'm impressed. So... 
Dallas Morning News in Texas ignores Cruz, endorses Kasich. Boston Globe says, Republicans, you've got to get rid of Trump. Was there something else? Oh, yeah. The Washington Post wrote the same editorial this morning as the Boston Globe. Republicans, you have to stop Trump. I had no, I'm getting worked up. I had no idea the Washington Post loved us this much, that they care this much, that they want us to win, that they give us their best advice this way. Did you? Here's the good news. Three polls have been taken in the last 72 hours in Texas. Three polls. Cruz is ahead in every one of them. Now, what does that mean for the price of eggs come tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning? I don't know. But it suggests something to me. It suggests that Ted Cruz is a favorite son and that the voters of Texas might just be inclined to give him a reception commensurate with his being a favorite son. And this is a, you know, Texas is Tuesday, and the problem for Ted Cruz is how much does he have to win it by in order to win? If Ted Cruz wins Texas, but he wins by three points, you are going to see the noisiest illustration you've ever seen of winning, of losing by winning. Because the Dallas Morning News and the Boston Globe and the Washington Post and all of the other rags aforementioned are going to write, Cruz almost loses in home state. Ted Cruz has to win substantially on Tuesday in his home state, it seems to me. And... In that regard, expectations are stacked against him. Like, how how good is good enough? Chuck from Kansas? Good afternoon, Jay. How are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. Well, I was thinking about the earlier Susan, I think who was your earlier caller, and she was... Susan uh, from Wyoming, yes. Correct. And she was talking about how um, Trump rarely talks about how he's going to do things. And I think the key there is, is not to emphasize the how, but we, we have to change the perception of what he says. And I think what Cruz needs to do is put Trump on the defensive by pointing out the fact that every time <clears throat> excuse me, he is asked for a specific, he just uses the word tremendous, terrific, or fantastic. And I think the idea is to reshape in the voter's mind that whenever Trump says that, he's saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. But do you believe that of the total 17 minutes or 19 minutes or whatever it is of actual talk time that Ted Cruz will get this evening in such a unbelievably crucial situation. Do you believe that's an attack line that ought to be right up there? Well, I think if it's done early and often, 
and to mock him because what it does is it forces Trump, number one, to recalibrate his answers because if perhaps he will think that he needs to use a different word, and he's so used to using those words that I think it could throw him off game, his game a little bit. So you think words are important to Donald Trump. You think precision I, of American language is important to Donald Trump, and he's well, embarrassed – in the lapse of use of precise English, come on. Well, I I'm just playing devil's it, advocate, but no, I understand what you're saying. But I think that, in conjunction with the fact of shaping his perception, because his perception is that he knows all that he can just pull forward and solve problems. But if you can shape the perception of the voter's mind that every time he uses one of those words, he's really saying, "I don't know." Well, again. Chuck, just thank you for the call, and my comment is, and again, I'm going to do this under the general license of devil's advocate, and say to you, some people are built for some things, some people are built for other things. The most brilliant athlete on the field at uh, running back, you put him in at linebacker, and he'll look like me out there, Okay. It, it it all depends on what position you're playing. And if, and the thing I've always doubted here the most or worried most about is that if it comes down to a fist fight, do we really think that the reason that it's come down to a fist fight is that Ted Cruz is just as good at fist fights, enjoys them just as much as Donald Trump. He's just as good at them. He just doesn't kind of like them as much, so he shied away from it. But he can do it, and he can beat the snot out of Donald Trump if he wants to. Do do you believe that? I don't. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. And this is Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday is tonight, the debate. Join us for our special show immediately upon conclusion thereof. Colin from California, welcome. Hey, Jay. All right. So the last handful of debates, I've watched them with my best friend and his boss. And his boss is not a political nerd like we are. You know, mm-hmm. the, what excites us, a good tax plan, and constitutional interpretation, it does nothing for him, okay? It does nothing for him, all right? And when Trump talks and he gives his rhetoric and all this, that, and the other thing, he gets to jump up and down and clap his hands, and it's great. And he's a huge Trump supporter. I can't tell you how much. What Ted Cruz has to do is is stay with the same message, just put it into bite-sized, Little, like, yep. you know, it's like feeding a steak to your one-and-a-half-year-old. You can do it. You just got to cut it up yep. first. Yep. You know, amongst that, in, in his, like, you know, blitzkrieg attacks on Hillary and on Trump, they have to also be bite-sized. Otherwise, the average unpolitical nerd will never grasp it. I'm not trying to be an elitist or anything. Like, it's just, I, I, this is what I, I, turns look. us on so we sit here and read stuff all day. 
I know. As I said uh, yesterday, you, Ted, you you have to remember you are not delivering the distinguished Oliver Wendell Holmes Harvard Law School alumni lecture on evolving intricacies in the law of real estate. It just sounds that way. Yeah. It has to become like what you said, which is beautiful, the political twerking. <laughs> it has to be, it must be uh, accessible. sensational, emotional, and easily obtained. Otherwise, your average unpolitical dork will never care. Well said. So. I mean, the frustration, I think, <clears throat> Colin derives from the fact that I'm looking at a statistic here. Which, which becomes really important later if Trump prevails. Donald Trump has the highest personal negatives in the history of presidential polling. He has right. a net minus 70 among Democrats and a net minus, I think it's 25 with independents. So these are Democrats and independents who, though... Some of them may be voting for them kind of rogue, may be voting for him now. In the general election, you know, any hope that we've got that he's going to, you know, be able to beat Hillary, it really is called into question by this. And I think a lot of frustration derives from the fact that a guy with the highest personal negatives in presidential history, nobody, a stage full of geniuses, don't be able, aren't, I'm sorry, don't seem able to figure out how you get to the guy. Right. Absolutely. And I, I just, so. I, 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 I fear for tonight that, uh, that, that Trump is going to know exactly what's, I think he's going to be able to scheme this. I think he knows they're going to put the ball up against him. I think he's going to go into the right kind of defensive schemes. And I just don't know. It's going to be a matter of fate or it ought to be a matter of skill, uh, but, you know, like debating skill, political skill. But something is going to change tonight. Something yeah. is going I mean, to if, change. If Trump the goes at it with is, the same playbook, it's, it's, it's a cakewalk. Because all he has to do is just tell the other guy, you're an idiot. You're yeah. an idiot. And, and the, the unpolitical dorks sit there and they go, awesome, this is great. Yeah. That guy is an idiot. Yeah. Good, every every time Trump either. opens his mouth, it's a promise to go to the carnival. You know, I mean, every time, every time, and every time Ted opens his mouth, and again, I love him, but every time he opens his mouth, I say, all right, let me settle in here for, a, you know, a, a law school lecture on the evolving intricacies of tax law. I, you know, you have to really, right. really, really care about that, want a good grade, and know something about it in order to enjoy it. This is popcorn and a movie for most people. And th- there has to be an entertainment quotient. God help us, but that's the way it works out. Colin, thank you. Join us tonight, please, for our Blaze special right after the debate. This is Jay Severin, Jay Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> 